Thanks for joining us. It's Monday, August 16th. Training camp going on for all the college football teams in the state and throughout the country. Getting ready for the season. Get an opportunity to interview guys. I was up there the other day at Utah and interviewed several guys. One of the guys that struck me is defensive back cornerback Clark Phillips. Small in stature, but this kid has got it going on. You know, he reminded me completely and totally of Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson, when he was a freshman, said, I'm going to come here. I'm going to start. I'm going to graduate in three years. I'm going to go to the NFL. Clark Phillips, you got to listen to this. I'm telling you, man, this kid is so sharp. He doesn't want to wait three years to graduate. Can you believe that? He doesn't want to wait three years. He wants his degree done sooner than that. What a kid who's got direction in his life. It's incredible. I don't care what fan you are. We love to see young people who have their heads on straight. This kid has his head on straight. I've been doing this for a long time. And my impression of him is he's got his head on straight more than or as much as any kid that I've ever been around. Couldn't be more impressed. Here is me interviewing Utah cornerback Clark Phillips. Before I mentioned it about your, your recruiting status, uh, basically why Utah when you could have gone to a perceived bigger school? Um, the coaching staff, the family feel, um, the players, what they'd done in the past, the, the atmosphere. It was everything about this program that I felt really, really comfortable and, you know, committing to and, you know, being a part of. I really just wanted to be a part of something that was special, wanted to be a part of something that was relentless, um, a team that was going to be competitive and a team that really cared and that the coaching staff really loved us for who we are, and I get that feel every single day. How hard of it was a decision to make? It was really tough. It took a lot of prayer, um, my family guidance, my dad. You know, it was really, really tough, and I'm just, you know, so grateful that I made it. Um, and did it, did it come right down the wire? It really did. It, it honestly, it did. And because, you know, that, that last two weeks before signing day, you know, we got the news that uh, the D coordinator and the Oak, and the uh, DB coach at Ohio State was like, eh, you know, I'm going to take a head coaching job. And so, okay, got to make the best decision for me. Meanwhile, I had already been talking to Coach Shaw and, you know, Coach Whittingham. And so it was already in the works, but they kind of put it in stone. And I'm just so grateful that it happened the way it did. So the Utes were close, yeah. and then when the Ohio State decision came down, that obviously bolted the Utes. Most definitely, yep, yeah. that's what happened. And how much of the history were you aware of? Because um, obviously this program has put a ton of DBs in the NFL. Yeah. Most recently, as when you were a senior, they put everybody in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, and that's the tough thing. So because I was coming in early, that time period, the draft hadn't happened yet. The coaches were telling me, hey, we've got some guys that are going to go in this 19 draft that, you know, it's gonna it's gonna open it's gonna shock shock some you know guys and so when I decommitted everyone all the fans at Ohio State were like oh dude you know what are you doing and so I was able to kind of say hey look at that you know two yeah. weeks later when I signed I was like but I just had complete faith and that just speaks to the humility and the, you know the coaching staff because those guys could have you know said anything and the fact that they said it and it ended up being true really really you know showed me okay these guys you know are, are about their word and they're gonna really develop like they say they are. So that was a, this is sort of a new thing with recruits to have interaction with fans of other schools because of social media. You know, you go back, what, 10, 15 years, and that wasn't very possible. How was all that as you were going through that process? Because people had access to you where if you were 15 years ago, they wouldn't have had access to you the way they do. 
honestly, it's different. And like you said, it, like a couple of, you know, 15, 20 years ago, it wouldn't have been this way. But um, it's a part of this era, and, you know, we kind of have to kind of live with it and kind of roll with it. And I'm thankful for everything about, about it because um, it's definitely helped me mature being 16 and having, you know, fans comment on my pictures <laughs> and say, hey, you should go this place. It's crazy. It sounds crazy, but it's the world we live in. And, and it was, uh, is it tough not to let it sway you? You just roll it yeah. off the bat? Yeah, my, my parents, like I said, my parents and, you know, I, you know, wisdom coming from my dad and my mom just telling me hey keep your head on straight focus on one thing at a time and sometimes my dad take my phone when I was in high school hey you need to focus on school and so now it's allowed for me now that I don't have as much of that guidance you know, it's like okay I have two periods of time like in fall camp where I you know try to turn off my phone you know so I can sleep certain things like that that you know have been really really valuable for me. so the DBs have a reputation of going to the NFL from Utah that's obvious yeah. but also they have a reputation and they recently developed one linebacker but for a long time they've had one at defensive line too yeah. and everybody knows a great defensive line can make uh, defensive backs look really good that's right how much are you aware of that um Honestly, honestly, like when I when I was looking into Utah, that was something that stood out to me. I always looked for programs. Um, the only schools in my top five are you know schools that had great D lines. I want to play behind a D line that's gonna get after that quarterback, throw it up, so I can take the rock. Yeah. You know, and so that was something that was big. And so seeing that with Utah and seeing how you know Coach Shaw developed DBs, Coach Scally developed DBs, was like okay, this is a program I want to be a part of. And so it was a lot easier. So during that time before the draft and before. Uh, before the season started, or before the draft when they left, you said you were here because you came early. Yeah. How much interaction did you have with those outgoing DBs who are now in the NFL? Jalen, I had, I, had, I had a good amount of interaction, but really it was T. Burge. Um, I talked to him. I went to talk golf with him for an official visit. Um, I got to connect with them. Now even like when Jalen came back before, Camby came to my house and we talked for a little while and he was just kind of giving me pointers about the league, you know, even though I've got some years and I, I was just telling him what I'm seeing so far and he was telling me what I need to work on. I was just taking it, you know, just kind of taking notes and having those guys in my corner has been a blessing. So we interviewed Jalen Johnson when he was a freshman, and I remember it specifically. He said, okay, my idea is to come here from Utah. I'm going to get a degree in three years, and I'm going to go to the NFL. And that's exactly what he did. I already said that. You know, what are your, what's your state of forest? When I, so I told uh, Logan Link uh, I wanted to beat Jalen, so I'm doing 2.9 years, so I'll be graduating next fall, and um, I'll be in a degree with business, with a business degree, econ degree, and um, so I'll be graduating right right after season. How'd you swing that? Um, a lot of hard work, man. So every every one of my uh, semesters, I've been taking six classes. So you know, summer units, basically. So summer usually when guys take two, you know, I'm taking six. Oh, including summer, Including too. summer. This last summer was the only one I did different. I took four, and that's still a lot more than most. And so that's because my goal is to graduate in 2.8, really, 2.8, 2.9. And so my idea being at that point, off to the NFL? Hopefully. That's the goal. That's the goal. If Laura says otherwise, then i got to listen. But um, that's the goal, and that's what we're doing. I promised my parents I'd graduate before I, did, did, before I leave. So, so Jalen was a high recruit. I think he had his three Utah, SC, and Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, Burgess? Had to wait his time. Comes from that year. story, yeah. yeah. And yet he comes on like crazy, and basically just one year as a starter gets take over. Yeah, that, that's an interesting thing there. What, 
what did he tell you? You're not really in that case because you've been starting from day one. But as far as maybe following somebody that stays through some hard times, because he could have left. Yeah, and honestly, great question because, I mean, just hearing both of their perspectives, it's funny. They both came to my house at the same time. They were both there. And so I got to come. In California? Yeah, no, uh, out here. I live with uh, a couple of my friends. And so they both were sitting in the kitchen. We both, we all just sat there. It's crazy. Their relationship is great, too. Those dudes compete. They were competing about a 40 time that they both ran like their sophomore, junior year up here. And Jalen T. Birds got the last laugh because he ran a faster time at the pro day at the NFL Combine. And so uh, they're competitive and just like we are. And uh, Jalen was just, you know, explaining to me his process and stuff. I knew about his recruitment. T. Birds has the opposite situation. I'm just kind of seeing how two different guys, recruiting-wise, formed into NFL talents because of the program. That's what made me want to come here, sure. honestly. Tell us about Coach Shaw, because we can't go to practice, but in the days we used to be able to go, it seemed like he's a dude really, he would call him my boys. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, he's almost like a son type of yeah. thing. Coach Shaw is like another dad to me. I have a great dad. I love my dad. But Coach Shaw, he's my, he's my home dad. He's my dad out here away from home, you know. I have my dad in California, and I feel like he's he's stepped into that role. You know, he's somebody that I call you know, every night, every morning. You know, I send him texts. You know, he'll text me right back. Hey, son, you need to come to the office. Hey, we, we need to watch this all the time. And I'll bug him, and I'll check in on his family. He's been that, that piece for me that's been amazing. How about Coach Galley? He likes to yell, but in a good way. Yeah, love Coach Galley. Same with him. He's been another, you know, important figure in my life, you know, just as a man, too, you know being able to not just coach in football, but coach in life. What expectations for this team? What do you see? I see greatness. I see greatness every single day. And I feel like the, the biggest key to that is, like, every single day, like, there will be mistakes and stuff because we're still fairly a young team, but we have a lot of returning guys. But when Coach Galley says something or he, you know, wants something done, it gets done immediately. How much of the Pac-12 play in it in terms of they seem to have a number of receivers that go into the NFL too. So you'll be guarding players that will be playing on Sunday. I'm excited about that. And, you know, there's definitely a lot of guys that I feel like, you know, are really, really good in terms of talent. But, of course, when you got a great D coordinator and a great DB coach, we feel like we're going to scheme things up. And we got the players to, to, to match up and lock up. Thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs> wow, man. You listen to that? I hope you did. Clark Phillips. Now, because of last year, he's just listed as a freshman. Uh, but he came in there right away and started. Only 5'10". So you know he's got to be tough. He's got to be good. He's got to be fundamentally sound. And that's all well and good. This football speaks for itself. And that's great. He's got a lot of talent there. You know, chose the University of Utah over Ohio State there at the end because he said of Ohio State changing around some coaches. And good for him to be a good football player. But the thing that I loved, he wants to graduate in less than three years. How do you not be a fan of this kid? How do you not think that, all right, now that's somebody I can get behind, even if he's wearing the dreaded Utah uniform? Couldn't be more impressed. Taking 18 units. Taking 18 units over the summer. Dropped down to four, which is still what? 12, 12 credits. Units, credits, same word. The direction that he has, whether it's instilled from him, himself, or his parents, his dad. Did you hear him say his dad? He said his dad multiple times. His dad. Yeah, we'll just leave that there. All the stuff's going around. His dad. Good for him. Good for his father. Good for his mother. Good for you of you. What a representative. I'm going to wish him nothing but the best of success. 
because he's going about it the right way and he's trying to earn it and get it. That fires me up. Go down to Pac-12 Media Day every summer. The best of the best. You see these kids come in and are so determined to succeed. And if they've got great football skill, it's almost like that's a bonus. That's not the most important thing. These kids got going on in the most important stuff. What a credit. We need more people like him. Young men, young women. The world would be better. All of us would be better. I can't say enough about Clark Phillips the third. So we call him CP3. Should he be C- should he be our CP3? Because he is Clark Phillips the third. CP3, huh? Go ahead. Run with it. You like it. You know you do. Enjoyed the opportunity to talk with him. Got some others that will play here in the next day or so that I did. Local kid, Van Fillinger. Brant Keith, he should have a big season. Utah figuring out what quarterback they're going to go with. Rising or Brewer. Neck and neck, Kyle says. Top 25 coming out today. And Utah, I f- believe, I absolutely believe, will be in it. You're a Ute fan, man. Are you not loving life when it comes to football? I think you should. You got any dissatisfaction? Yeah, you haven't won the thing. You have not won at all. I think it's realistic to win it all, but not necessarily consistently. Not when you got what Phil Knight is dumping into Oregon, SC's tradition. SC seems like they're a two-game losing streak away from Clay Helton being fired. Arizona State's a mess. Cheating with recruits, suspending coaches. Should be able to roll over them. You got them at home. This is going to be a banner season. Are you getting excited? Are you getting fired up? I'm not even a Ute fan, and I am. I'm thinking about getting season tickets this year, Lloyd. Okay. (laughs) You made me almost choke on my granola bar. Thanks. Ten coming in, your rival. Oh, the in-state game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that game. Who was it against this in-state game? <laughs> we got lots of rivals now. <laughs> you got no rival to the level of Utah. I can tell you that much. I've been in this conference 20 times longer than you have. Oh, you got the Rocky Mountain Cup? <laughs> yeah, that's... The battle uh, in the Rockies? Yeah, that's... Uh, senior day a couple years ago, I was over there. Yeah. I, I swear there were more Ute fans than there were uh, Colorado fans. And they work them all the time. Get out of town. That's no rival. It never will be a rival. Never be a rival to the level of BYU. Embrace it. Embrace it. Don't run from it. Embrace it. Because the more you denounce it, the bigger you make it. In a strange roundabout way. A lot of stuff going on for Utah. This is is this their year, Ute fans. Is this your year, man? Are you going to be in Pasadena? Or are you going to be in the playoff? Is this your year? A lot of people giving you all sorts of love. Will you live up to it? I'm excited for you. Excited for the opportunities. You got Charlie Brewer, man. He threw for like 9,000 yards at Baylor. You've never had a comp a quarterback this accomplished. Wow. Good times up at the U, huh? All right, stay with us. Get you caught up on what you missed. Coming up next, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Let's talk some Utah football. Joining us, Van Fillinger, obviously a weird year last year. You play five games and you, you participated in all those five games for Utah. For that being your freshman year, you're probably finding out what the real experience of being a college football player <laughs> yeah. is like this year. Yeah, it was really weird last year, honestly. And the thing is, is like it's not completely back to normal yet. We still wear masks in the facility, so it's definitely better than it was last year. But it was real weird last year. I mean, no fans or anything at the games. And, you know, I'm a big, uh, like, I feed off the energy that the fans bring and stuff. So I'm real excited to get after it this year and have a full stadium. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our listeners, the daily grind begins at 6 a.m. sharp. Wake up. But for some of our uh, slightly less ambitious listeners, this segment is for you. These are your 9 o'clock where the heck have you been slacker headlines. Wake up. With DJ and PK. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we helped some guys out. Um, obviously, the guys with a lot of um, – got some really good work. I thought it was really good work for the quarterbacks. I got I got to review everything and, and really impressed with everybody. I, I, there's a lot of good things, but I, I think we had some really good opportunities to see our guys, how physical we are and how uh, well we can tackle, how, uh, how we block. Um, and then it was good to see some of the running backs – be able to break some tackles and see the DBs make tackles. So uh, overall, I thought we got everything we needed. Um, obviously, I had some guys get banged up, but nobody out for the year. So we'll just keep working with it. That's Kalani Sataki talking about BYU scrimmage on Saturday as things to be get, begin to get sharper into focus. Let me tell you about Davis Vision. Davis Vision Summer LASIK Sales. Going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. And if you're a teacher, too, get with them. They got some specials going on. I had Davis Vision done uh, probably over 10 years ago now. No more glasses for me. As I said, Kalani talking about the team scrimmage. Everybody's scrimmaging on the Saturdays. Get a week of practice in and then put it together. See where you're at. Quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are the big deal right now. Utah State, man, they had just an explosive scrimmage that they had. They were throwing for like 8,000 yards on their scrimmages. It was incredible watching them do their thing. Uh, You had Bonner. And Legas Bonner was 16 to 20 for almost 200 yards. And Legas right behind him. And at Utah, neck and neck between Cam Rising and Charlie Brewer. They'll have media availability here in just about two hours. We'll see if they got any more new news. I think Brewer has a slight advantage, but Rising's still got a shot, man. He won that job last year. He just didn't get it because the other guy wasn't good enough. No, he won the he won it. And so we'll see what he can do. And then in Provo, we've got a three-man competition, although I think it's safe to say Conover is the third. He hasn't played. Just a freshman. Did not count last year. And Romney is steady. Hall, big play capability. I think if they had a game today, Jaron Hall would be the starter. 
I've been saying that all along. I think Aaron Roderick said that uh, when they had their media day at the end of June. He said if he stays healthy, he's going to be tough to beat. So it's not like it's a big secret. They just haven't for- formally announced it. I think if things, things stay the same, they will. Whether they announce it or not, I don't know. But I think he'll take the first snap. But Romney, man, stay ready. Because they'll go to you. You don't know if they need to go to you or if they want to go to you. We'll see what happens. But you'll have an opportunity to play if you're Baylor Romney. We had J.J. Ron earlier this morning talking about how he spoke to Baylor Romney over the offseason. He's married now and all that. His wife's a former BYU athlete, and he doesn't want to leave. He wants to stay right here so you don't have to worry about him transferring. He said, don't even talk about me transferring. He's staying. So we'll see what can happen there. Good spot. You got players to draw from that have experience. Obviously, Utah has that too. Uh, Rising doesn't have much experience, but Brewer does. And with football news, Lecky Fotu. Remember him with the Cardinals? Well, he's been activated. And they had the COVID list, but also with the Cardinals, Aleva Hifo from BYU receiver was released. Catch you up to date with that. And the dream is over. I thought many of you were getting excited about the Jazz having an opportunity to win the Summer League title in Vegas. Oh, man. It's a couple more buckets, and you'd be in contention. But the way the rules are set up, you lost to the Clippers. Are the Clippers now the Jazz' dreaded rival? Have they overtaken the Lakers? Because think about it. The Clippers knocked you out of the regular season playoffs, and they knocked you out of the Summer League playoff to win it all. You were this close, man. You get by the Clippers, and who knows? Who knows what could have happened? But you didn't. You lost 94-90. to Trent Forrest is going to be tough to deal with. Whew. I can see Trent years from now. Any regrets? 2021, man. We lost to the Clippers. An opportunity to play for the Summer League title. I don't know what all the rules are. They're kind of crazy. But he could have got in there. They could have got in there. But they lost. I think they have one more game, don't they? I think you're guaranteed Tuesday five. against the 76ers. Tomorrow against, oh, 76ers, Lloyd Cole. I think Ben Simmons me. is on that team, I think. Uh, I know Dr. J was, Barkley, Moses Malone, Bobby Jones. Anthony Tony, is that his name? Maurice Cheeks, the legendary 76ers. We'll see. Azubuke's played well. Can't shoot a free throw consistently. Can't make one anyway. Uh, but he showed well in summer league. Uh, I like the way Elijah Hughes played yesterday. I was watching some of that game. I don't know if these guys can crack the rotation. But I'm not going to rule it out. Let them rule it out. Let themselves play the way in or not good enough to play your way in. That's up to Quinn Snyder and his guys to decide. So we'll see what that does there. But you're looking for something, and I think you got it out of Hughes and Forrest and Doak, as you call them. So we'll see how they develop here. And it's funny because it's going to be starting this in about six weeks, training camp. Short, shorter offseason, obviously. I don't mind it. More games, the better, for sure. Clippers with a big trade. Bledsoe, Patrick Beverly, Rondo, another guy. Oturu, gone to Memphis. Now, this opens up some money. The Clippers can save $30 million in luxury tax. That luxury tax thing, man. Right now, the Jazz are on the books for close to $40 million in luxury. Can you imagine writing a $40 million check that you don't have to write, but you do have to write because of some league rules? Let's ask Gordon Monson about it. <laughs> oh, I see what you've done there. <laughs> have you been? I don't really call his house a house. I call it an institute, the Monsonian Institute. <laughs> 
Smithsonian Institute. That's good, Scott. That's that, that's good there, PK. Yeah. Oh man, the Monsonian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. High up on that hill, and if you don't go for a few months, man, you don't recognize it because they're always redoing something. Probably what? regretting being high up on that hill right now with all that smoke we're dealing with. The smoke, smoke gets in your eyes. Yeah. Pretty smoky. You had that scary fire up the canyon the other day. Evacuations. I'm tired of this. Now, I see there's supposed to be rain on uh, Wednesday. It's and supposed to cool Thursday. back down into the 70s. Yeah, that's nice because it has been blazing hot for sure. Kind of tired of it. But at the same time, when you roll into January and February, you'll miss it. You go through all these extremes with weather. That's what we got here. But cooler weather's coming. That's for sure. Fall should be beautiful, as it always is. September, what a month around here. I'm not sure there's a finer month anywhere in the country than what we have here, particularly in northern Utah, in September. And then we get into October. It's too bad the football teams don't play day games anymore because the beauty of these stadiums that we have in day games is really spectacular. But most of them are at 8 o'clock, 8.30 at night, so we don't experience that. They're talking about an alliance. We didn't really get to it today. But the Alliance Pac-12, ACC, Big Ten, going to form an alliance. Yeah, I don't know what benefit that can be in terms of games unless they just shut out the other schools and only play each other. Those three conferences and their three out-of-conference games or four out-of-conference games, depending on if they stay at nine or go to eight and only play them. But I think what can really strengthen them and bind them is through the actual uh, legislation if they all basically ab- agree to vote together and go solidarity in terms of their influence I guess that can help each of them but it's interesting to see what's going to happen there I don't know how much you can really count on it because I think in the end you can say I got your back but in your life think about it how many people really have your back Versus if it's coming down between them and you, who they choosing? They choosing them or they choosing you? I mean, I once had a guy tell me he wouldn't fall on the sword for me. Whew, okay, well, at least I know. I know where the boundaries are. Not that I blame them. I'd probably do the exact same thing. So you can form this alliance unless it's some legally binding thing. If it's just word, I don't know that I buy anything there. I don't know that I believe that somebody's going to just, well, okay, I'm going to look out for your best interest, no matter my best interest. Texas and Oklahoma sure didn't do it. I think to an extent it's every man for himself in that way. You, As long as you got yours, and I'll try to help. I got mine. I'll try to help you get yours. But I got to have mine. I got to have mine. That's like you always hear about these people in their jobs. Yeah, we need more diversity. Uh, but not at my expense. (laughs) Yeah, I love diversity. As long as I got mine, I'm all for it. (laughs) But if somebody's going to come be uh, diversity and take my job, maybe I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, I mean, that's just truth. It may be harsh truth to hear, but I think it's a reality. As long as you got yours, yeah, you're all for diversity. As long as you're, you're set up and your money's taken care of. That's the way the world works. So I don't know that this alliance is really going to do a whole lot there. Uh, I, I have my doubts as far as that goes. That's what's going on here. College football poll going to come up 
and come out a couple hours. I think the Utes are going to be in there again. Yep. Brett McMurphy's got them 15th. That's pretty high up. Is this going to be their year? Expectations. Again, man. You don't really count last year. Last year was too screwy. And last year was going to be a rebuilding year. And then it turned out that it wasn't much of a season anyway because we know what happened. So you didn't have to worry about that. Now they got all their experience. And here we go. Right back into it. I mean, two years ago, they were picked the overwhelming favorite. I think they got 36 there were 36 votes, and they got 33 to win the South. And now Whittingham's talking about how this reminds him of 2019. Man, he couldn't, he couldn't set expectations any higher. Is this going to be the year that you break through? So, so intriguing. I'm excited to see. I'm excited for everybody. See what Blake Anderson can do in his first year. Try to establish something in Logan. And then also BYU. Can they continue it? I think you got some players, man. The players have been in the system for a while. And you can't go 11-1 and one and then stink up the next year. That's not, that doesn't do you any good. you got to continue it. you got to find a way to get at least eight wins. Find a way to finally, finally beat BYU winning, winning beating Utah. Is this going to happen? We're under a month now, man. Under a month from that game, September 11th, the 20th anniversary of September 11th. That's a Saturday this year. And here we are already August 16th. That is staring us in the face. Because if you don't get it this year, then you're not scheduled to play the next two years. Oh, my goodness. It's already at, what, 11 years? He didn't play one? His last one was in 2009? Was that it? I think that was it, yeah. And you got to wait till what's that, 22, 23, 24? Holy crap. Way too long to wait. Boys, you better, boys in blue, you better get it done this year for the sanity of your fans. And having Utah dismiss you as a, just that in-state game? Oh, my gosh. How insulting is that? Beat them and they'll remember. Yeah. I didn't even know we were playing them this year. <laughs> yeah, that in-state game. on the schedule? Oh. <laughs> Well, now they've got so many different variables. Used to be in the conference, and now we don't even play them because we got to play Florida, man. We're playing Florida. We can't play these guys. I don't want to play these guys. Rinky dink team, rinky dink program. There you go. All right, stay with us. We'll wrap up the show next. 975, 1280 to zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Our friend Will Snowden, former BYU running back, but also he runs Alpha Recruits. Which one of those quarterbacks do you like the best? Man, it's always tough. If I was on the coaching staff, I'd probably be pulling for Jaron Hall. I think he does have the experience, and I just think that he is too dynamic of an athlete. The arm talent has never been a question, but the things you can do with him, he's very dangerous, and he puts a lot of pressure on defenses. So I expect Jaron Hall to be the starter day one, and as long as he stays healthy, I think he will remain the starter. But if I was in a shoes. Good news is he could flip a coin and be okay. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Back of the day, it's brought to you by Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. Quit spending time sorting pills. Call Ochre Mountain Pharmacy today 
and have them sort and deliver your custom prescription blister packs free of charge. Call them at 801-252-1000. That's Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. All right, thanks for joining us today. Talk a lot of college football, the Jazz in the Summer League. Preseason AP poll coming out. I, you know, I think that for teams like Alabama, Clemson, blah, 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 who cares about that? They're going to be in there every single time. But for a program like Utah, which was off the radar last year, didn't count in terms of a regular season, and 2019 had a ton of respect, for them to be, if they should be in the top 15, I think it really sends a message that this program is one of the more respected programs in the country. BYU, if you get ranked, it would be a shocker. But if you get another receiving votes, I think it, I actually think the rankings are more important for BYU. There's something to hang your hat on. Utah has plenty of opportunity to hang their hat several times over. For BYU, they do also. But I think that you know they need to be more in the public consciousness. That's why I think the Built Bar spiel was just a home run because it put them out there. You're asking about where do you think your team's going to be ranked. Brad says Utah is overrated every year. Every year they're overrated. So they will probably be in the 20s. BYU I don't think will be ranked because they lost so many key players. Daniel, the rare Honestly, I would like both teams to be ranked. However, probably don't think it will happen for either. I actually think that's wrong. I think BYU won't be ranked. I think Utah will be ranked. Mark, Cougs, national champs, rated number one. Uh, 1984 isn't walking through that door. For Utah, Scotty says, it doesn't matter. Being in a bigger conference, they control their destiny by wins. Uh, for TDS. We still going with TDS? A little outdated. For TDS, though, it does matter as being an independent. And with a weak schedule, they can only go so high. So the higher they start, the better. For Utah, it's best be where you start in the top 25. As it will look for uh, good for us after a top 25 win on September 11th. All right, well, they have a weak schedule, but they play five Pac-12 teams this year. That's really going to be interesting. That gives us some juice into it going into the next two years after this year when BYU and Utah don't play each other for reasons that BYU doesn't really understand. They can't publicly say it, but I don't think they understand it. They think it's weak that Utah, because they got to play Florida, somehow they can't play BYU, but yet they claim they're big time. SC has no problem playing, and you claim you're a rival. And your own coach says you're a rival of SC. SC's not going to duck anybody. They're going to play big-time schools. They play Notre Dame every year, and they usually play somebody else every year. So if they can do it, you can do it. But nevertheless, it adds some luster into this game, and it adds some luster with the Cougs playing five Pac-12 teams. That's the best-case scenario. And then you can really see where you where you would have stacked up. And I know BYU fans like to downgrade and rip the Pac-12, but that's only just out of jealousy and bitterness. And I get it. Not being invited, I would be jealous and bitter too. So really you envy Utah for being in that situation. You can act like you don't, but you do. I'm calling out hypocrisy on both sides. And in turn, rip me. Somebody ripped me over the weekend, called me a D-bag. I thought we were past that. I saw that on Facebook. 
I thought after all these years that I kind of got past that, but I guess not. Glad to see that I'm still getting under some people's skin. It's what I do. Our favorite Utah Sasta trailer, BYU beats, U- BYU beats Utah this year. PK, I will be the first to congratulate him on being one in nine in the last ten games. All right, that's a backhanded shot. I can live with that. As a Ute fan, sure. The reality is, yeah, if you do lose, you still would have beaten them nine out of ten. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I've often said that if you can beat a rival seven out of ten, you're doing pretty doggone good. So you beat them nine out of ten. Beat them 10 in a row, well, then you've just absolutely, obviously dominated. You beat them 9 out of 10, still pretty good. I mean, who wouldn't take it? The one loss would sting, but who wouldn't take 9 out of 10 every time? Yeah. 7 out of 10, I think, is still pretty good. But going for 10, we'll get to that in the coming weeks. All right. Stay with us. Scotty and Hands coming up next right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone.